0: Avengers movies it was going to a two-parter and it was three they were each about three hours long so it's going into like six hours so it was kind of breaking out of the movie format because no one wants to sit through a three four despite what like Zack Snyder will tell you Um, (laughs) so going into this format kind of fits the stories that they've been trying to tell a lot better.
1: Yeah. And I'd also argue that they're able to put a spotlight on some of the more supporting characters that don't get this green time that captain America gets too.
0: Right. Um, I was actually thinking when I rewatched, uh, age of Ultron recently that they have so many characters and they were introducing, uh, all the Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch and Vision. Um, None of the characters were really getting their, they they were getting moments, but it was like each character got two scenes, like the setup for their story arc and the resolution and nothing else really because there were so many characters and they only had a couple hours to fit it in. So this is really good in expanding that. And I kind of wish that they had been doing this earlier on in the like MCU, obviously it wasn't quite available. There wasn't Disney Plus back then. They were doing stuff with Netflix, but it wasn't the same. They were doing things with like Agents of Shield, but those were kind of like loosely tying in. Where this is, it's canon. It's in universe. It's the characters that are in the movies,
1: um, and completely yeah, tying into the. And also, these are big changes too that are coming out of these shows.
2: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and that's what you said. It bet was like agents of shield, like kind of loosely tied in, but this is like this is absolute. This is like something yeah. bringing us into the new the new era and getting Scarlet Witch's backstory in this universe because Scarlet Witch in comic in the comics. Scarlet, which is actually Magneto's daughter. Yeah. Um, her and Quicksilver, obviously, um, which we find out about Quicksilver in the X Men universe, um, in their movies. And let's just jump in real quick, reading right with this. That scene when they brought over uh, Evan Peters—that <laughs> was the trolliest, most amazing scene i think they could have come up with in this movie
0: yeah oh also there's spoiler vision in this um yeah if (laughs) anyone's spoiler for wandavision it's impossible to talk about this show because of how it unfolds without spoilers
2: yeah yeah exactly um so when i saw that knowing what the what their true story is i was really like holding out for them to be, like, oh, Wanda's actually a mutant, or, like, this is how they're gonna bring in mutants, like, it, they were doing that crossover, because now, uh, Marvel owns X-Men again, Well, they're back in there, like, everybody, Fox is out now, and it's, like, this was it, but then you find out, like, what happened, what really happened, and you're, like, oh, well, that was trolly. So.
1: <laughs> it does. Yeah. It does feel trolly. But since um, Doctor Strange 2 is called the Multiverse of Madness and she's also in it, I feel like WandaVision might be like the T-ball T, just kind of setting it up for Doctor Strange to grand slam it into the X-Men universe. Or at least introduce some sort of new characters that they've either acquired or have plans to um, eventually introduce.
0: Yeah. And one of the weird, like, I was reading about um, like fan reaction to like the reveal with uh, Quicksilver, and uh, one of the problems people had with it was like they thought it was trolly, they thought it was funny, but this was in the le- this was originally in the slot for the end of um, this phase of the MCU, it was supposed to be like Scarlet Witch. Um, Falcon Winter Soldier was supposed to be before this but they had to do reshoots and I think there was another movie in there or not Scarlet Witch, uh, Black Widow sorry Yeah, but yeah so this was supposed to be the end of that which is kind of when they take their risk and have fun that's when you got Thor Ragnarok that's when you got Guardians of the Galaxy it's their lighter spot where everyone's kind of fully invested but because of COVID-19 and the delays and reshoots on Falcon and Winter Soldier because there's a there was like apparently a virus subplot that they had to like mix last minute. Um, <laughs> I wonder why <laughs> this one became like the the first one in the series. Um, yeah,
1: and I think that actually worked better because it was interesting that the first show that they would have in the Marvel universe is like a meta TV show ask kind of, kind of deal there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. What did you guys think of each episode being a different decade of television? And was there a certain episode that you enjoyed because it followed one of those old trope television shows more than the others? Or was there a TV show that you wish they had followed instead of what they went with?
0: So straight off the 90s episode should have done everything by Full House. You have an Olsen. You need to <laughs> yeah. do more Full House. There's a shout out in the credits, uh, in yep. the opening credits there is a scene that creates the park picnic, but I'm like you have an Olsen. You've got twins. Like <laughs> do something with that. <laughs> My wife said the
2: exact same thing. Like she was like as soon as that opening credit scene ran she goes that's Full House.
3: was <laughs> like
2: <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, that should have been... That should have been it. Um, I did not... I was not a huge fan of Malcolm in the Middle when it came out. So, like, there... You know how, like... I can't remember if it was the 90s or the 2000s. Like, it had that camera. Like, one of the kids was Malcolm. Like, talking yeah, yeah. into the camera. I was not a fan of that, just because I didn't really like the show as much as everybody else did.
1: Gotcha. I think... I think the I I liked all of them, but the one that really did it for me was the riff on Modern Family, like the the (laughs) mockumentary style. That was great.
2: Yeah, just when she when she's sitting in there and you don't know that it's Agatha like hmm. talking to her at first or like whatever. And she just is making those faces like (laughs) a normal human. (laughs) <laughs> like i laughed so hard and now that's all i see for like memes and stuff
3: <laughs> <laughs> was there
1: i i got to ask was there any particular episode in the beginning that just kind of made you worry cuz like two episodes in a row after episode 2 i was actually pretty close to tapping out of like i don't know what's happening here and i don't know if i want to you know stay on top of this for however many more weeks and it's just the end i think of the second episode something cool happens and that's what hooked me and then the next episode was really cool and just the the mystery keeps building was was there any point that you guys thought that you might not actually stick around
0: not really um once they started to do the reveal like with um When the snap reversing, I thought that scene was cool, but I'm like, what are they going? Where are they going with this? Like, that was an amazing scene where you're following um, uh, Rambo as the snaps, like everyone's coming back in. Loved Mm. the way that scene worked out, but I'm like, what is going on? What's happening? Like, is this like a new complete direct new direction for the show? Which it kind of was. I think that was close to when they start stopped doing or when they started. pulling back the curtain but yeah um
2: that was one of the reasons why we chose to wait um until they were all out to watch it um one we're terrible about going back and watching every week (laughs) so we just decide to wait until everything's out and then we we binge it so like we watched the first two episodes together and then we watched three and four together and so i was already hooked um but i agreed that that on snap and i totally forgot about it until you just brought it up like her running around in the hospital and i had read some stuff about that scene beforehand or like why rambo at the mention of captain marvel got so like dismissive and upset and yeah. i think without having I wish they had expanded on that a little more, because as a casual person, you won't understand. And if you haven't seen Captain Marvel, you won't understand that either, I think. But to have everybody coming back and you find out that Maria... Right? It was Maria Rambo's her mom. Um, I think so. Like, actually died-died during the snap, like, by herself. Like, that is heartbreaking and it gives uh little rambo <laughs> <laughs> uh more of a stake in this story but i wish they had expanded on that a little more um
0: and i think they like, might in a future thing um
2: i hope captain marvel 2 addresses it
0: yeah i i'm not sure if captain marvel too well but i'm sure like they're going to expand on it just because there seems to be a lot of animosity towards captain yeah being pregnant until like Endgame. Um, right
2: and she she ends up becoming proton right photon, Rainbow. I think. yeah pho- oh yeah photon
1: it's um, funny because i looked that up and she has like three different names so i was photon. about to say like spectrum <laughs> yeah. or something i guess i'm saying we're uh, all right <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was
0: just. I like that. But yeah, I really love getting circling back to like the different episodes being different genres. I really enjoyed that as a framing device for the show. Uh, it just going through um, the history of TV and the history of sitcoms in particular, and playing off all those tropes. I'm huge like TV Tropes was one of my favorite websites for the longest time. I would like ingest it. So recognizing all these things that were part of TV for each time period, like the talking head segments for the Modern Family that was after The Office. Like you got The Office, you got Parks and Rec. Uh, Mm -hmm. You have Modern Family. Um, Arrested Development kind of leaned in on that of a mockumentary style show.
3: Um, I
2: think Arrested Development almost, Led the way be- because yeah. they were a mockumentary, but they left out the like testimonial part of it, right? Um, and I think that's why it ended up only lasting three seasons. Whereas if it if it had come, maybe five years later, it probably would have got like the ten seasons that Modern Family had,
0: or whatever. I too oh, a 2 season, so that's good. <laughs> 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 um, but I, yeah. But- i was
1: pleasantly surprised to see um kitty foreman in a couple of those episodes
0: yes yes (laughs) Although she got like she got like her name in the credits i think throughout the whole series and she's only in like the first two episodes maybe the last one as well
2: (laughs) yeah i was super stoked to see um her name's Emma Caulfield in real life and I can't remember who she played in the show but she did, she was the when they were doing the talent show she was like the director lady hmm. in the luncheon when they were at the luncheon and she was like really caring people. Um, oh yeah. She played Anya in Buffy and also does a lot of like random movies but like when she showed up I was like She's amazing, and I'm so happy that she's in this because even though it's a small role, she like brings so much life to it. In my opinion, yeah, and I love her.
1: That's actually how I felt about uh, the lady who plays Agatha too. I can't remember her actual name right Catherine now. Hahn. Catherine Hahn. Catherine Han. Yeah, because yeah. I've seen her in so many things over like a decade, and she's always spot on for whatever part she's playing.
2: She's like I saw her in Bad Moms with uh Mila Kunis and Jack Shepherd's wife Kristen Bell.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um and I never really like heard of her and then I saw her in that and then just started seeing her in a bunch of stuff usually in comedic roles and then when she flipped it in this <laughs> show i was like damn like people have been sitting on her and now she's gonna get recognized like she's gonna be given roles solely based on this show
1: yeah i i hope so yeah i saw her back in uh Brothers. i think is the first movie i remember her (laughs) being in either that or anchorman and yeah she i was very surprised and also pleased to see her in this
0: yeah, and since we're uh, just going on casting, I liked uh, Kat Dennings. Um, yes, I am, like she was kind of tied mostly to the Thor universe. So it's glad that they're bringing her in again to do more. Um, although I do wish when she had like entered the Hex, entered the town, uh, she was a waitress at one point. That would have been. Yeah. That would have been amazing. <laughs> it been too spot on, but this was. Like, the time. I really like when they leaned in on stuff, so that I think that would have been hilarious. Oh my
1: god, that would have been great. <laughs>
0: um, What do you think...
2: Do you think this will tie in at all to Thor Love and Thunder, or that they'll reference anything?
0: I'm not sure. It really depends on... I mean, if they bring Kat Denning's character, which I can't remember her name off the top of my head right now. If they bring her back in, which I... Kind of hope they do just because i like her character I, I wouldn't be surprised if she was there um maybe studying if the if the theories are right in love and thunder is um passing the mantle of thor if she's like working as a sidekick or helping study the thor power or whatever somehow having her in there also, yeah.
1: this is a perfect example of one of the underused characters from the larger movies getting a little more love in a TV show. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I think they did that with uh, Randall Park
1: too. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely.
2: Who I can't even remember him in Ant-Man and the Wasp, but I like I loved him in this, so I'm gonna I'm I- gonna have to go back and watch Ant-Man and Wasp.
0: And he has story development between Ant-Man and this because he's doing close-up magic card tricks, which he was trying to do at the end of Ant-Man and Watts. He was like watching YouTube videos of how to do close-up magic, and now he just does that card trick with his like ID when he walks up. Yeah, um, and he uh, Randall Park actually learned how to do that trick.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's awesome. <laughs>
1: God, I, I love that. And I, I heard a rumor, I don't know if this is going to happen, but I want it to, is there's a, a rumor that he might be getting his own show on Disney Plus as, you know, a special, or no? You know, his FBI investigator Jimmy Woo checking out weird occurrences across America.
2: That's interesting.
0: I mean, I'd watch it.
2: Yeah, he's, he's great. I don't know if you've seen... Uh... There's a recent movie he was just in on Netflix with uh, Ali Wong. Uh, Always Be My Maybe oh, or Yeah, something? Always Be My Maybe. And that was actually really good. So I, I recommend that for people. Right on. Yeah. Um, um. I was a little taken aback by the the pregnancy and the babies. And I'm I'm so glad that they got powers and aged themselves up because I don't know. I don't like it when they bring kids in shows.
0: But that's (laughs) also a trope where they always like at the end of a season or in this one at like the end of an episode. Like, oh, there's a baby announcement to try to keep you hooked until the next season or the next episode. Yeah. It it is They end this first episode with a wedding, kind of, when the um, wedding rings appear, you know, and then they go for the baby episodes and then episode being a big thing in TV.
1: Yeah, it's also the uh, Cousin Oliver trope where you try to add a new character to like a a show (laughs) that's kind of dying on its way out. You're like, oh, we'll throw a new character in there and try to hook more people. and It usually doesn't work
2: out well. Yeah. That's so true. They uh, the the one that I remember most growing up was actually Growing Pains, when they brought Leonardo DiCaprio in <laughs> on Growing Pains at the end. That made me laugh. Um.
0: And then they do the so, recasting of a major character with a yep. uh, quicksilver, and they just yep. call that straight out. But it's like, oh yeah, we're just all going to pretend that this is that person, and because. It, of the universe that they're in, it works because it's based on TV and Wanda just accepts it pretty quickly. Yeah. Because that's the entertainment that she grew up on and that happened all the time.
1: Looking at yeah. you, Roseanne.
0: I was, gonna say, I was
2: looking at you like
0: bewitched. <laughs> looking at you every season on Game of Thrones.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's always one character somewhere.
0: There were three mountains.
2: And
1: uh, it's don-
0: just a mountain range at
1: that point. Yeah,
2: that is the one thing that I applaud everybody that has been involved in these Marvel movies for, with the exception of Edward Norton. Every the casting has stayed the same.
0: Uh, are we not talking about Don Cheadle?
3: Oh <laughs> no? yeah, I totally <laughs> forgot about him. And I think he uh, called it out. All right. Yeah, but I Cheadle do. I, I forgot about
0: China him. I would recast uh, Don Cheadle with anybody in any movie, so that's fine.
2: Yeah, that's how much <laughs> of an impact Terrence Howard had on me.
0: <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Yeah, Don Cheadle's so much better.
0: <laughs> you could replace like anyone and with Don Cheadle, and I'd be fine. fine. Replace Scarlet Witch with Don Cheadle, don't say anything. I would <laughs> yeah. I just think
1: You'll accept it as fast as she accepts the new Pietro.
2: Yeah. Um speaking of well, let's talk about recast for a second and just step away from WandaVision. Uh Black Panther. What do you think they're gonna do?
0: Hmm. I want them to go with his little sister. I would also be really happy if um killmonger takes up the mantle after having a change of heart just
1: because i like that actor he's dead though right in universe
0: i don't know it's marvel
1: that yeah that's a good point (laughs) yeah everybody
2: can come back to life
1: (laughs) that's the thing with these uh comic book universes you're always dead until you're not
0: it also it comes after uh it'll come after um the multiverse of madness so there yep. could be a universe where that was true and it just gets bled into this universe. That's i love to see if they, don't. they have that what if um, coming Yes.
2: Out. I am so excited for that. So I brought up a list of things in development um, for phase four for Marvel, which includes from now, like Yeah, from 2021 to it looks like 2023-ish. So we have Black Widow, which has been delayed forever. And that'll be coming. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which just got a teaser. Did either of you guys see that at all?
1: Yeah, it looked awesome. Yeah.
2: I'm not familiar with anything on him. So it'll be interesting. Um, Eternals which I have no idea. I forgot what that one's even about.
0: It's like Um, the birth of the Marvel universe. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's the gods, right? The old ones? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Then we get Spider-Man 3 No Way Home, which is the second Spider-Man 3.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: Will Spider-Man go emo in this one? Uh,
1: The cast for that? I'm so excited for this new Spider-Man movie. Because I heard that they're going to have the previous two Spider-Man in it somehow, and then also the, Daredevil.
2: Well, it leads, the next movie is Doctor Strange. So do you think that they will bring in those two towards the end of the movie? Like they're, everybody knows they're both going to be in it. So do you think it's going to be like an after-credit scene for Doctor Strange?
0: I think most likely it would be some type of Easter egg within the movie somewhere. I'm picturing them jumping through different multiverses or whatever, and somehow though you see like the different Spider-Mans and as a background thing while they're jumping through and then them kind of bleeding in. I don't know. Like I'm excited for multiverse just for the effect it'll have on the MCU as a whole. But yeah.
1: Same. I I've got my fingers crossed for some sort of hint about like when Blade is going to drop
3: in. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, then you have Thor, Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2, Ant-Man and the Wasp, which will be the third in that series, and Guardian Galaxy 3, and then another Fantastic Four, which will be an yeah. actual Marvel Fantastic Four.
0: And also in a few weeks, we've got Loki, which is the thing I'm most excited about other than Multiverse of
2: Madness. Yep. Yes, and that, those are just the movies. The TV yeah. shows coming up, obviously, well, Falcon and Winter Soldier's out. Then you have Loki, What If, Miss, Ms. Marvel, uh, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, and then uh, some other ones that I haven't even like heard of yet. So,
1: I, I just got very excited for Moon Knight. I only know a little bit about that character but I saw that Oscar Isaac is going to be Moon Knight and then Ethan Hawk is also going to be in that. So I have no idea what's going to happen but I like those two actors.
2: Which is funny because Oscar Isaac was Apocalypse in X-Men.
1: Yeah. I didn't know that till way after the, the fact because all the makeup and prosthetics yeah. and stuff.
2: Yeah. Um, so The only thing missing out of this is mutants and X-Men. So, Mm -hmm. phase five for them, do we think?
0: I think
1: that's a safe bet. Yeah.
0: There was a lot of rumors that this was going, like, WandaVision was going to introduce the mutants in some way, uh, especially once they had like Evan Peters um, was announced as being Quicksilver in this there was a lot of thoughts that it would tie in um there's still some thoughts with um, like Monica Rambo getting her powers from interacting with Scarlet Witch that maybe Scarlet Witch might be still play a role in creating the mutants because this was based part of this whole um story was based off of House of M which is when Scarlet Witch said no more mutants and destroyed all the mutants so it'd be It was kind of tossed around that it would be really cool if Scarlet, which was the reason that there are mutants now, um, her getting her lineage from the Mind Stone and then her going on to create more super-powered humans uh, would be really interesting.
2: Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Um, Because I want... This is what what I want. I want this to be the start I want Wonder Vision to be the start of when you have X-Men versus the Avengers. <laughs> Ooh, good sorry. guys versus good guys versus good guys, which has happened. Because there are I mean who they pretty much like Thanos is a top tier villain. Where do you go from there?
0: Galacticus, but that's <laughs> not till uh, Fantastic Four or X Men. Yeah.
2: So I really hope that WandaVision has brought, put little things out there that they will call back later on.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Um, So, what... I lost my train of thought. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what did you guys think of the, how Agatha, like, brought everything out of Wanda, like, going through all her childhood traumas?
0: I've liked it I like that one like I said at the start like we can explore the characters so much deeper because it's a series instead of one movie like if this was one movie I don't think they would have had as much of that coming through I think it would have been like at the one hour mark or maybe one and a half hour mark it would the reveal would happen and then it would just go right to that big fight at the end yeah and that would be it. There wouldn't really be much of that character development of her trying to, like, like it wouldn't have focused as much on, okay, uh, Agatha is torturing Wanda. like <laughs> She's trying to bring all this stuff out of her by bringing back her dead brother, by making her see these different things.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like in a different filmmaker's hands, like, this could have come off as a... Like, if this was a different franchise, it could have come off as, like, a lazy, um, like, retcon of her backstory. But, yeah, I think it was done really well, and it was very interesting to kind of, like, take a deeper dive into Wanda.
2: Yeah, I agree. And how did you think that Vision came back? Because we we all know Vision... We watched Vision literally die and get the stone taken from him and Thanos took it and then, then everything happened. So what were you thinking when you first saw, oh, Vision is back?
0: I just assumed everything was in her head at that point. Um, like early on, I was just like, okay, she's like just dealing with trauma. Um, she's dealing with the stages of grief and she's in denial about it, which is one of the early stages of grief. And which was pr- kind of pretty much right, but I, I just assumed it, this was all illusions. This is all maybe playing in her head. Um, I didn't realize, like it, once I realized that she was affecting the outside world with it, that was like a big reveal for me, but I assumed this was just all in her head and maybe she was like being held prisoner somewhere
2: Yeah, I was the I was pretty much the same way. I didn't realize when you found out that she basically held all these people captive on accident, like she didn't even realize she was doing it, um, and that the whole town was there. And then when she started, go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just saying, yeah, like the kind of reveal that she does kind of realize that what she's doing, but like to keep and keep her kids. She was almost for a while it was like, is she going to keep this up? Like she didn't let anyone interfere yeah. with the town, even once she realized what was going on.
2: Yeah, when she found out that Rambo wasn't actually like part of the town to begin with. Um and then it like made it bigger. Yeah, I was the same way. I was like, why is she is this gonna is she gonna keep them there? Is this just how life is going to be for them? Or is, like... I didn't think she... Like, part of me almost didn't think she was going to have a change of heart. Right.
1: I was actually wondering, up until maybe the halfway point in the series, if Wanda was going to end up being, like, the villain of this miniseries. You know? Because you can do something... Maybe not so great for reasons that seem pretty solid to you, you know. So it wouldn't be like Wanda's evil. It's just she's desperately trying to cope with this grief, and maybe another Avenger is going to have to like drop in and try to snap her out of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was thinking the same thing, um, especially since like Scarlet Witch was introduced as a villain in uh, Ultron and then just came, came over to the side of the Avengers within that movie and it's like yeah. well her back as a villain mm-hmm.
2: and oh. well just piggybacking off of that she was actually introduced in Marvel like as a villain Like, and when yeah. during her comics um, she was a part of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants along with Quicksilver
1: Hmm. Right on. That's um I I like they had like a callback to Age of Ultron as well when she's doing that mind manipulation magic in the final episode. Mm. It's a very brief scene, but she pops up next to the villain and does her little wiggly fingers like she did in that movie and then makes her see something or something like that. Yeah. But it yeah. is, I just liked it because it's like an exact callback to like when we first see her
0: yeah and also she isn't like she she does have layers because she like how she deals with uh agatha is not something like a hero would generally do they're taking away this person's free will forcing them to live this fake life Th- that's like the type of stuff doing in avengers like you <laughs> took away hawkeye's yeah. free will um so like that was in yeah, Avengers like had Loki mind controlling people and taking away their free will and that was all huge and using the Mindstone's power to do that, which is exactly what Scarlet Witch is doing here. Hmm.
2: Yes. I uh, I agree with all that. Cause it's it made her a more complex character than hmm. just somebody that they ended up like bringing over to their side, um, and like that scene that you get with Wanda and Vision uh, back at the compound before he died, um, and she's like expressing like how alone she really is. Like you feel for her for her, even though at that point you're still thinking, well, maybe she's not the good guy too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Did you guys shed a tear at the end?
1: <laughs> shed one right now, just <laughs> thinking about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So with the ending, since we're kind of oh, go ahead.
1: No, I was just gonna say, yeah, the ending that that got me. I I don't want to go into too much spoilery detail, but I'm just gonna say it it kicked me right in the feels.
2: It. uh I always have a hard time when kids have to say bye to their parents or, like, parents are saying, like, mothers are saying goodbye to their kids. If she had had girls, I would have had a harder time. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, watching them, she knows that she's, like, bringing the shield, like, everything down and, like, making all her things go away, which is gonna make her kids go away. And that like broke my heart for her
3: Mm.
1: yeah absolutely
0: along with the endings um, what did you think about the vision versus vision fight becoming like a battle of philosophy of the mind I thought that was so great for that character because he is super powered he's probably like avengers or beings on the planet and so the fight for him being equal match there's no chance of winning a full out punch drag out battle like you're used to seeing so it just becomes them talking philosophy and ship of theseus and all that like i thought that was a really cool take on a fight a end fight
2: yeah i loved it i'm sure regan liked it because it had to do with history
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely i like it for two reasons and one is exactly what you just said matt for sure and i feel like you couldn't pull that off with another character you know like because vision is so smart and all of that it's it, it wouldn't work with just any other character and i like that it was something that we haven't seen yet you know Reasoning with your opponent rather than just trying to punch them into the dirt.
2: Where do you think that vision ends up?
1: Ooh, great I'm, question.
0: I think they're just going to slot him back into the Avengers, whatever the form the new Avengers take. If they keep making Avengers movies, which I'm assuming they're going to, with like the new team, I think they're building towards a new Avengers team to move on from the classic setup. Yeah, I think it was a way of getting him back into the MCU, just without the Mind Stone.
2: Yeah, I can see that. Do you? Okay, now we've got Loki coming up. Do you think this is going to? Where do you think Loki? Do you think Loki will have? Will touch on anything that's happened here, or do you think it's going to? Kind of be its own thing, and just lead into other things. Or where do you think it fits in, like with the timeline after Captain Marvel? I mean, not Captain Marvel. Uh, I'm Captain America and Winter Soldier, and
0: this one. I think it's mostly going to be self-contained, but have some type of impact, at least on the Thor universe, um, because if. From just from the preview trailers, it looks like Loki's trying to reset timelines that he met that were messed up um, by him jumping through timelines, jumping through universes. So I could see it having um, lasting effects, especially with Thor, because I can't see any way that they won't have it interact at least with some bits of like the Thor timeline. So.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably on the money.
0: And if my... I have, like, the personal fan theory that Loki will... Like, Loki is just going to be... Loki going after trying to kill alternate reality versions of Loki that got out of hand um, just from the trailers and showing Loki as President Loki and things like that. I think it's all him. I think every episode is going to be Loki versus Loki at some point, which would be hilarious. Just to see Hiddleston playing off of himself as different versions of the same character.
1: I'm here for it.
2: Yeah, that all sounds... uh, Like, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where they go with this. Um, You mentioned New Avengers. So I, like, quickly just kind of looked up Wikipedia for a list of New Avenger members to see if maybe we can get, get anything. So... We have post-Civil War recruits, which include Doctor Strange and Hawkeye, but with his new name, Ronan. Um, Then we have Bucky Barnes, Ms. Marvel, who will be coming in with a TV show. Um, And then Thing ends up in there sometime. Daredevil ends up in there sometime. But the one that kind of stood out to me is the the team from 2015 to present. Uh, which is Sunspot, Cannonball, who were both in the new Mutants movie that came out. Uh, Black Widow. I don't know who Smasher is or Manifold. I'm not familiar with them. Um, and then Shang-Chi. Ooh. So... Those are some people that we have been introduced to. Um, And then also at the end, at like another team that's like all new, all different Marvel people. um, Wiccan, who is Billy, um, who's Billy, their kid, um, Scarlet, which is son, is one of the. New mutants in the or new Avengers in this other team that's come out too, along with um Squirrel Girl, who's I think getting a movie or some, or will be in something,
0: she um, better be, yeah.
2: <laughs> and then Put her in Deadpool playing. 3,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> um, so there are names that we have come across in the universes. That are it's totally totally feasible that they could do a whole new team.
1: Yeah, I, I do think that's what we're kind of gearing towards.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's going to like it really depends on who the villain is for the who they're gonna set up as a villain for the next one, what type of team they have. But I mean, I yeah. definitely see vision being on it because They just went through all the effort to put vision back into the universe. Um, I can see whoever the new Black Panther is being part of it. Um, But probably the new Thor, um, like Bucky, would be great in there, you know? Like it really depends. But it really depends. They need to have a good villain that they each have something to do. And I think if they're going for like a a higher power level team, like it looks like they're doing, they're going to need to do a higher power level villain than Thanos, which will be difficult to, I mean, there's a lot in the MCU, but which one they choose and how they stop them will be interesting.
2: Yeah. Agreed. Uh, especially since we're no longer contained to earth and haven't been yeah. for a while. So.
0: And the thing with that is that's why I don't think Ronin or Hawkeye will be in one of the new Avengers. Just because uh, he's, if you're having higher power level, a guy who shoots bow and arrow really good <laughs> is. Yeah. He, he was already kind of stretching it in like by Civil War. Like Civil War worked because he was fighting humans a lot, but he, yeah. he just gets, as the power level of the MCU increases. Um, Black Widow and Ronan kind of get left behind.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's not—he's not really a Goku. He's more of a Krillin. Yeah,
3: <laughs> but
2: um, just a side note. You, side note on that though, the—do you think having the Black Widow movie come out after Black Widow's tragic and poignant death? Uh, was a good idea
0: i don't think holding waiting this long for a black widow movie was a good idea to begin with i would have put it back in the phase where um like Thor 2 came out i can't remember what phase that was if that was phase two or phase three but they should have done it definitely before like the second avengers movie um. But that's just me because she wasn't Avenger, she deserved her own movie. They should have done something back then, but I agree. Yeah.
1: I, I agree with that because having her own solo movie coming out after she's dead kind of I don't know, at least in my mind, undercuts the finality a little. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And her death was so important. So important. Yeah. So. Um
0: but it's giving Scarlett Johansson on the movie, so I'm fine with that aspect <laughs> of it. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Because she's just amazing in pretty much everything I've ever seen her in. So
1: especially as Black Widows. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um let's talk the Easter eggs that they put in WandaVision.
0: Yep. My favorite one is the Hex. Um if you look every episode, there's a hexagon somewhere like from in usually in the credits but there's hexagons all throughout the entire movie then there because the shape of wanda's field like her power is a hexagon made up of hexagons in some shape that is just geometrically impossible like you can get it like a soccer ball look but the way they have them interlocking like i don't think that's it looks good from the way they have it but i don't think it's actually physically possible to make it (laughs) <laughs> a dome out of those shapes without <laughs> gaps but yeah so there's the hexagons and then it has that dual meaning with like hex being curse
3: mm-hmm.
0: that like i love that and just pl- like going through and re-watching it to prepare for this i was like noticing every time a hexagon appeared on screen
1: yeah and on that note there's a lot of those just casually thrown in there too like pillowcases like throws yeah. on couches like there's a lot of just hexagons all over the place in there
2: i'll have to rewatch it to get it because i i need the easter eggs that are like blatant for me to like catch the first time so like the first one that i caught was the toaster by stark industries oh yeah <laughs> it was like hey hey that's tony's dad stuff <laughs>
1: Yeah, and uh, I think the next like commercial of the next episode is like a watch, but you can see the Hydra logo in there. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah that one I got too. I was like, "Ooh, Hydra! What? What's happening?"
1: I am actually the same. Where if there's an Easter egg and it doesn't outright slap me in the face, I will probably not notice it.
0: Yeah. Mine depends on how like obsessive I am of watching the details or how much I know. Like I don't know a lot about like the comic books but I know a lot about like the movies at least. So if it was a reference to something that happened in the comics, it would have flown over my head.
1: (laughs) Actually, speaking of the toaster and that watch, it was uh, something I saw online on YouTube was going in like a deep dive of those commercials and referencing that, like when the, when Agnes takes her back through, you know, the parts of her childhood, the uh the shell that like collapses her childhood home is like a stark industries thing with a blinking red light which the toaster i think also had on there and yeah. then the hydra watch somehow relates to the uh the monocled uh hydra guy that supposedly helped give her her and her brother powers in age of ultram
2: yeah yeah like i wouldn't have got those deeper meanings for it um until i looked it up but then once i saw that i was like oh yeah that's true um what do you guys think like of these like the uh when things got pushed through her hex her hexagon and they turned into something from that era of the show or of the time that they were the show was taking place so like the helicopter that went through that turned into a toy helicopter from that time period
3: that was really cool
2: yeah one of them like before you know that sword is part of this that toy helicopter has a sword logo on it that you wouldn't notice unless you were like actively looking for it and knew what sword was which I didn't know what sword was
1: same. As soon as I figured out that it was like an agency and not like some something evil, I was like, "Oh, sword replacing shield." Ah, I see what you did there.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> um, red is a very big color in this game. Oh, we lost Regan. That's okay. We can keep talking.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um... um, he'll pop back in. I think. Um. But red is, like, a really big color throughout this whole thing, which I didn't even notice, really. And the
0: first color you see.
2: Yeah. Yeah, with that blinking red light.
0: Yeah, is the first color you see in WandaVision. So,
2: Yeah, that's a callback to her. Let's talk about the uh, Halloween episode.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that one was probably one of my favorites.
2: The old school um, costumes.
0: Yeah, and they're just that came in, and they said they were lucha libre, which those do costumes. So
2: yeah, Regan, welcome back. Oh, thank you. We've just uh, we just continued. I figured you'd jump back in.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, we just talked about the uh, how red was the first color you see and how it's a prominent color. And then we were talking about the uh, Halloween episode.
3: Ah,
1: yeah, that was a really good episode. Um, I feel like I would be remiss to not add the fact that at the end, um, the theater marquee reads Tannhauser Gate, which apparently is a reference to none other than Blade Runner. And both also involve the question of the true nature or humanity of artificially created humanoid. Bam! You thought you could escape Blade Runner facts. You can't.
2: It's been a while, actually, since we've had a Blade Runner. Uh, we've referenced Blade Runner, so I'll allow it.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, there's a moment in the 60s episode I think right when she's pregnant before she has the babies um, that her and Vision are back to back and they like have a they're posing almost like something's coming after them and it's actually a recreation of the classic cover of the first issue of the Vision and the Scarlet Witch oh wow yep
0: one of the other things is whenever things are breaking apart like going through when Vision's breaking apart after he leaves the hex for that brief period of time or when things in the hex break apart. The style that they break apart in is the same style that I believe it was the House of M comics. There was a scene that has Scarlet Witch breaking, or a cover, I believe, that had Scarlet Witch breaking apart. And it was the same um, like polyhedral shapes um, coming off of her to show her breaking apart. And they used that throughout whenever her hex started losing power and things started breaking down it wasn't like um when we saw the snap happen when everyone kind of dusted that it was a completely different breakdown of that which i really enjoyed Hmm. that's cool
1: yeah i like the amount of detail that's put into or at least considered for this show I've I've found out that the house that I don't remember which character Dottie is, but um, apparently the house that she lives in is the Murtaugh house from the Lethal Weapon movie franchise. (laughs) And Wanda's house is the same one that was used in National Lampoon's Christmas
2: Vacation.
1: (laughs) How about that?
2: Another movie we have also watched
1: on this exactly. uh, podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, they did a lot of shooting on uh, the Warner Brothers' back lot to get that like, sitcom-y feel where a lot of different movies were filmed as well. Um, so like any of the outside, or most of the outside scenes that were like inside the town were on the Warner Brothers' lot. Huh. Or maybe... maybe uh, I think it was in Warner thought It was one of the famous backlots where a lot of like television shows were filmed in the day.
2: Yeah. I remember reading that. Um so we talked about a little bit about the un like when people are coming back after the reversal of the snap. During that scene, they actually they play snippets of audio um from the Captain Marvel movie. Um that will give an insight to that this is actually monica rambo maria it is maria maria's like daughter coming through and coming back which i thought was kind of cool like captain marvel is one of my favorites and will always be my favorite and i don't care what all the haters say (laughs) so anything that has to do with Captain Marvel and this. And again, I hope that they come back to this eventually because I really think it's something that needs to be addressed and pulled out a little bit.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Some of the trivia that I came across was the attention to details that they did when filming, especially those early episodes where they were in the 50s and 60s. Um, They actually hired Dick Van Dyke on as a consultant. That's awesome. So Dick Van Dyke kind of helped them get the look of the Dick Van Dyke show, the Bewitch show type thing of that time. And then like when Wanda's floating things around in the kitchen, they could have just CGI'd it. It would have been easier to do CGI. No, they used a fishing line like the 1960s would have and then just removed the lines with CGI. So that it had that effect of everything kind of wobbling when it's flying around and moving around awkwardly as if pulled by string.
2: (laughs) That is so awesome, and I love that. And that just goes back to our love of, like, practical effects and how they just add a touch of something that you can't get with CGI.
0: Yeah. And then, like, to even go on top of that, something that we don't even see like we wouldn't be aware of it was the first episode was filmed in front of a live studio audience that had to sign non-disclosure agreements. (laughs) (laughs) So it had that look, that feel. I think they might've even used some camera lenses that were like in that style. They made sure the lighting was the same to get everything to look 1950s, 1960s style.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. That's Uh, that uh, level of detail
0: apparently
1: they used 47 different camera lenses for the seven time periods that they cover during the show and this one was a huge fact so i just trimmed out all the most of the bits actually but apparently they used lights that were common in shows from the 50s and 70s that like almost aren't even produced anymore. Like they had to like hunt to find these period accurate things to get like just the feel, just the lighting. You know, stuff that you wouldn't even think it was really that important. But they went the extra mile.
2: And that's the difference between Marvel and DC. <laughs> right there. Like that's not even that's not even a dig. That's Marvel will go to those extents and those extremes. To make sure things are right while dc will haphazardly throw together three movies and expect the same reaction
0: yeah it's yeah. also disney money versus warner brothers money True. It plays a huge role in that
2: <laughs> that's true but i think marvel i think marvel was doing a better job setting up their universe before disney bought them though
0: yeah yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I'd agree with that. Um, and uh, I also, But I also like, I, we kind of talked about this in the cinematic thing, the shift in tone. This is, I mean, this gets dark, but throughout it, it's one of the more comedic ones that kind of came out after Guardians of the Galaxy showed that it was okay to have fun with a comic book movie. This just yeah. continues. They have, there's so many jokes throughout it. It's a funny movie. Or it's a funny series. like, it gets dark towards the end, and it has dark undertones throughout it. but Yeah. Um, yeah. Compared to, yeah, like... Yeah, they,
2: they can get dark, but keep that sense of humor, and then when it gets dark, like, you are instantly brought to a dark place, and forget about the humor, and it, like, resonates with you.
0: Yeah.
1: Speaking of darker than expected, um, I guess to... Preserve the authentic- authenticity of the '50s era sitcom vibes. Um, Paul Bettany was actually painted blue instead of the usual like vision red for scenes shot in black and white because apparently blue looks better in grayscale.
2: Hmm. Interesting. And I again, like that's
1: it. something you would have never known.
0: No. Yeah. And talking about like black and white filming, it was so weird. Like the the color switches that they had to do to make things look right. I'm sure that was like the main thing, but I'm sure they had to do a lot of other stuff on set to make the colors look right when they went to grayscale. I mean, there's a famous thing about like the Munsters or Adam's Family or one of those sets being bright pink because they wanted it to look like a different color when it was filmed. So I'm sure there's a bunch of palette swaps that would have been hilarious to watch uh, in person.
1: That's a good point, actually.
2: Oh, I just looked at a fact about the dog, and I'm so still distraught that that Agnes said she killed the dog.
3: Oh yeah, <laughs> Can that we hurt just...
2: more than anything else.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can we all just talk about how great of an entrance like she had in that episode? Yeah, seeing how it was her all along. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, yeah, I love that episode. Like, I love that whole, that scene. But then, like, when you find out about that, I was like, oh, no. (laughs) You know, I don't like animal death.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Speaking of animals, uh, was it Mr. Scratchy or Scratchy the rabbit? Um, I just love that they kept, apparently they cut out a scene that was going to uh, be the big reveal for Scratchy. Um, He was going to be, like, her demon film. there's going to be a scene where uh, I believe it was the kids and uh, um, uh, Monica and probably someone else had to basically like, they went to go get the book from Agnes's basement and the rabbit was going to turn into a demon and they were going to have to like grab the book and run or fight him or something. And that just got like cut last minute, but they had already edited the previous episode. Like they had already finished editing all the, other episodes, so that's why, like, they show the rabbit so much throughout the entire series. <laughs> it was going to be foreshadowing, and then they just cut that scene for time because it would have interrupted the pace of the final fight.
2: Yeah, that's funny.
0: Wow. Which the also the name was a reference to either um, the devil or. Uh, Agatha's um, son in the comics. They, were both, they both had Scratch in their name. Hmm.
3: hmm.
0: I like how
1: there's still a huge level of thought and care put into even what Marvel cuts out.
0: Yeah. Well, part of it was they didn't plan on cutting. They had already like edited all the other, and it would have been too much of a hassle to just cut down the rabbit in all the other episodes. Okay, but there was all this, yeah. It was just all this foreshadowing of the rabbit being in there, and then another like small thing that kind of I thought was building to something, and then it did build to something, but not what I thought was. um when they were kept talking about Ralph. Um, yes, Agnes, um, Agnes's husband, Ralph. She's <laughs> like my husband, Ralph. Over and then like it's Ralph Boner, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it fit into the sitcom trope of mentioning a character that's never seen yep and you think it's just playing off of that and you think it's building to something and no it's uh yeah quicksilver's real name is ralph boner
1: (laughs) foreshadowing mystery always leads to dick jokes
2: yep (laughs) um during that Halloween episode, they're walking past the uh, that marquee again, where the theater is, and the two movies playing are The Incredibles and The Parent Trap, and I thought that's kind of cool because The Incredibles obviously is a, a, about a family of superheroes, <laughs> <laughs> and The Parent Trap is about two people who switch places, just like uh, so it kind of leads into like Pietro or Evan Peters being recast as Pietro. Which
0: it yep. does,
2: kinda, and kind of Kind
0: of playing into uh agatha t- kind of trapping scarlet witch yep. into being a par- like trapping her there by making her a parent yep so she would want to stay in that place and not leave it not kind of fight back <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> that's all i have for trivia
2: yeah, there's so many... There, yeah. Yeah, there's so many Easter eggs and everything out there. Um, all you got to do is, like, do a quick search and you could have, like, anything you wanted. Um, and I think it's going to just be, like, this is going to keep going. Like, with, I'm sure Falcon and Winter Soldier, like I said, I haven't watched it yet. I'm sure that has a ton of easter eggs that are going to lead into other things. It does,
0: yes.
2: (laughs) It's so... I think it's so cool that they are doing this because you don't see companies put this level of effort into a universe. And yeah, it's a cash grab. I mean, we all know it's a cash grab for everybody, but... The quality is there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have information on um, the budget for this? Oh, no,
2: God, no. Millions <laughs> of dollars because it's Disney. I, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did find one fact uh, related to budget. And apparently the budget for each episode was as much as $25 million which makes it the most expensive TV series in history, beating out the miniseries, the Pacific back in 2010, which had a budget of 21 million per episode. That is, that's a lot of money. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's outrageous.
1: <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I
2: like, don't, I don't even have anything else. That's just outrageous. <laughs>
1: Yeah, if if you just take that number times nine like if they if they spent that much per episode that would be 225 million like that's the cost of a blockbuster movie
0: which this pretty much was um yeah I, and like I said like I really like the that they're doing things these this way um, just because it gives you all that extra time all those extra character arcs that you wouldn't be able to do with a movie and i kind of hope they continue doing these little ones that build towards whatever their next crossover event is absolutely um, it also plays better with the comic book t- style um, storytelling because comic books are the same way where like they have those really long arcs with lots of different characters all kind of jumbled in building towards whatever the big event is at the end. Um, So I think it just plays really well. And then each one having their own long stories to build to it that I think just doing individual self-contained movies that may or may not interact with the overall Marvel universe. um, I don't think, I I think this is kind of pretty going to be the, a new thing, not just for the MCU, but we're seeing it with the Star Wars universe, which is also owned by Disney. I wouldn't be surprised if they started doing it with other properties, if other companies start tr- seeing this and trying to build off of it. Um, we already have, like, the, we, we've talked about how DC hasn't been handling the DC universe that well, but if they're similar or... Um, some other property on some other streaming platform working in with a tie in. I know we talked about, or talked about like the universal dark monster universe that failed horribly. Um, that could have used something like this where it was building up like some of the lower level characters, building towards a big movie event. Yeah. Um,
2: I think other companies will be sorely missing out if they try, if they don't follow what Marvel has done here. Because not only is, has like, Marvel changed the way we look at things, but the world has changed in the last two years on how we consume products. Mm-hmm. Um, and how just because of what's happened in the last two years, or the last year, year and a half, like nobody's been able to go to a movie. So they spent what do we say, two hundred forty-one million dollars or so, making nine episodes that they don't get an immediate return on, right?
3: Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Endgame. The budget was three hundred fifty-six million dollars, and they got an immediate return opening weekend of $357 million. So for them to put that kind of effort and money and almost hope into a format like this is they're pretty ballsy because they don't know if that's going to pan out in the long run. And yes, Disney has the money to kind of like test these things And I think that's going to be amazing for the future of film and TV because if they can make it work and other companies see the right way to do it, then things that have happened in the last year won't be so detrimental to some of these other companies and they won't be losing the money that they have been, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I really think like the way of the future for movies and tv is going to be like a standalone mini series or s- single season series that tie into other ones um uh-huh. so that you can pick and choose what you want to watch um because like millennial and uh, gen z culture is all about binge watching uh so we yep. can binge watch the se- like you you held off to watch it and binge watched uh, it Um, Whereas a lot of us were doing the weekly viewing that's more standard to previous generations of TV watching. And it kind of brought back the water cooler moments only this time it's discord moments uh, where everyone's like watching week to week to see what's going to happen and talking about it with their friends to build hype about the show. So that even people that like don't watch the show get so exposed to people talking about it, sharing memes about it, whatever. But they might go give it a watch. Um, but then you can also still binge watch it as well. Yeah, it's
2: the future is a it's a bright place and there's a lot that can be done. And I wish there weren't so many streaming services. And I hope yeah. it's almost like at the the dawn of cable. Remember when there was like you could get the different packages. You could get like 40 channels or 80 channels or 150 channels. Mm-hmm. And now cable is pretty much gone for most people. But now you're still paying the same price for all these different services. So I hope one day everything kind of like comes back full circle and we get something to play nice with everybody. But
3: yeah,
0: or you can be then, like me. Just have five friends. Each of us chips in 10 bucks for a different streaming service. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and yeah.
2: I have yeah. no friends. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that is the way to do it. I will that say is, I gotta... it, a, a little bit, um, something that makes me a little happy is just seeing that. Because there was, there were even more streaming services this time like last year or the year before. And then some of them started dying out. And uh, they're kind of, like, being absorbed by things that are actually sticking around. And so I'm I'm feeling like it might go down even further down to, like, you know, the the trusty five or six streaming services that aren't going to be going anywhere.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I hope. Um, Yeah. But if you're a fan of old MTV, you should get Paramount Plus because it has... (laughs) Old MTV, and that's what we got recently, and that's a really good one.
3: But
0: nice, anyway,
2: <laughs> I just had to throw that out.
0: That's our um, streaming service shout out of the week, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Paramount Plus, watch uh, Real World season one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's about it for this yeah. uh, special episode, and yeah. We'll, uh Maybe we'll get together once I finish Captain uh, Captain America and Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's what I mean.
0: <laughs> Captain Falcon. Yes, <laughs> that's what Captain I keep
2: calling it. Captain Falcon. Um, did not know, side note, did not know that the guy that's playing the weird Captain America... I don't know anything about the show. So <laughs> the guy with the meme face that I keep seeing in the Captain America outfit is... Kurt Russell's son, Wyatt Russell. Yep.
3: Whoa. And
2: he said that he... Just as this is a side trivia. Wyatt Russell said that he would never take over his dad's uh, snake guy with the eye patch that was in Escape from New York.
3: Huh. So,
2: I just read that the other day, and I didn't even know it was him, but thought that was kind of cool. So,
1: I've seen Wyatt Russell on a couple other things, and... I had no idea who his dad was, and just you saying the name right now, I can I can see the resemblance.
2: <laughs> um. So yeah, maybe we'll get together and we'll do. Maybe this will be a thing. We'll just get together for every Marvel thing <laughs> and see uh see where we go. Um. Regan, do you have the wheel up to spin? Sure, do. Okay, I wasn't sure if you did, even if we were just gonna wing it, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's spin, so we can get Matt's opinion on our next movie.
1: All, All right. right, well, the next movie we're gonna cover is the nineteen ninety nine Idle Hands.
0: Oh yeah! Oh. Awesome. All right, that that's, was uh... when I uh, stealthily suggested a whole bunch of uh, movies by the same actor. Yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> she yes,
3: did. Um, I
2: bought edition. that in October when we were doing because it was for our October uh, stuff I think. Yeah no, I think you're
0: right.
2: It's got Seth Green in it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited then. So
0: it's got yeah it's got actually a pretty good cast for the time Devin Sawa, Seth Green. Uh, Alden Henson from Daredevil and Jessica Alba. So
3: that
2: sounds like it's straight from 1999.
0: Yep, <laughs> it's the most 1999 horror movie ever.
2: Listen, I just watched the most 1999 movie, but it was made in 2001. <laughs> you guys should go watch it. You should go watch Long Shot because it's awful and it's just one big joke. So
1: stop selling, you've made the sale. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. I think that's it. Regan, you can you can take us out.
1: All right. Well, thanks for tuning in this week, guys. The next week we're going to be covering Idle Hands, suggested to us by Matt. Remember, you can help select the next movie we watch by hitting the podcast up at youpickweatch at gmail.com or on Facebook, Twitter, or Discord at UPickWeWatch. I'm Regan. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at author Regan Brooks.
2: Uh, I'm Jess. You can find me on Twitter at RadMadMal and on Discord mostly and apparently Matt's on Discord too and he changed (laughs) his name so we knew who he was. (laughs) (laughs) So Discord's fun, right Matt?
0: Oh yeah. Uh, I jump on that as soon as I finish pretty much any movie now, so (laughs) yep
2: yeah same here i try to i try to put a bunch of stuff in there um so yeah we will see you guys next week and it's been fun and let us know what you think about marvel and where it's going so till next time
3: guys thanks matt